celebrity people that, you know, I used to do Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, Kris Jenner, Khloe Kardashian, Paris Hilton, Victoria's Secret models. I did everyone in LA and I just want to show you because I deleted other photos, but I didn't want to delete these because I want you to see how God transformed my life from that life that I used to have. There was many other celebrities that I worked with. I always wondered why I couldn't create a relationship with them. A relationship because I wanted to be someone's makeup artist that they would trust, you know, and I didn't know. I would just do them once and I wouldn't hear them again after. And my parents had been praying. My parents had been praying because God hears his, the prayers you know, and he would, I would just do them and then I wouldn't hear them again. And I was always que questioning, is there something in me that they don't see? Because I was a talented makeup artist. I was a, I used to change people's faces. <laughs> I used to like do wonders on people's faces. And I'm like, I wonder why, why do not, why do they not connect with my makeup? And it's because God listens to my parents and my sister's prayers. Has Jesus transformed your life? If he has, then I want to share your story. My name is Kelly and I'm a new Christian who has been through a full heart change recently since I truly accepted the gospel. A huge part of my faith transformation was hearing others' testimonies. Now here I am ready to share yours and keep the good news spreading. On this podcast, I will read your submitted stories and have you on to share them yourself. My goal is to give back in hopes it helps others grow in their faith. Welcome to Tell Me Your Testimony. Today's episode will be the first of a two-part testimony. I had a wonderful conversation with Samuel Rauda, and Sam was a celebrity makeup artist living and partying it up in Hollywood, California. He did makeup for Kylie Jenner, the Kardashians, Olivia Colbull, Bella Thorne, and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Jane. He was also a homosexual and fully embraced that lifestyle along with drug and alcohol abuse. But in March of 2021, Samuel was thrown off a golf cart and hit his head. And when I say hit his head, he really hit it hard. He suffered major brain injuries. He had multiple surgeries and he had to go through an induced coma. He miraculously survived his accident and is here today to share how God never stopped pursuing him. Today, you will hear from Sam, his accounts of his childhood and upbringing, and how he got started as a celebrity makeup artist. Also, about his Hollywood lifestyle and how it led him down a dangerous path and all the way up to the day of his accident. God truly saved him in more ways than we can possibly know, and I can't wait for you to hear his story. A quick note on today's episode, subjects such as drug and alcohol use and homosexuality are brought up. If that is something that you want to skip, then I encourage you to find a different episode. Please. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Tell Me Your Testimony. Today, I have the pleasure of having Samuel Rada here, and I found his testimony on YouTube, and I will leave that link below. 
I definitely recommend going to watch his testimony as, as he says it. And it really touched my heart. I shared it with as many people as I could possibly find. And I reached out to him to have him share. And I'm just so grateful to have him share his story with you. So I'm going to let Sam take it away from here. Well, thank you so, so, so much for this opportunity to be able to speak to you, you all. You know, I just want to share my testimony. I want to say I first started off, my family had been praying. My mom and my dad had been praying for a child for seven years. God answered their prayer and they had been praying and praying and praying, you know, give, give us a son, give us a son. And he gave them me. <laughs> you know, I was in a Christian household and a loving family. I grew up in a very good, pers- in a good perspective. You know, I, gu- I grew up in a very good environment. When I was in fifth grade, I stood out a little more differently than other, other kids. And so I was very different. My dad has been a pastor for I, 35 years. And until I was in fifth grade, I kept hearing the word gay. And I was a very young boy. I didn't know anything of the gay world. And I started hearing them saying, are you a gay person? Are you gay? Are you gay? And, you know, throwing like little, that's how the enemy works. He throws little darts at you to see if how you receive it. I kind of like just brushed it off. You know, that was the fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I was in a kind of like exploring myself as a kid. You know, I was trying to figure out what did I like? What didn't I didn't like? I had some friends, some childhood friends that I grew up with. They were the first ones that introduced me to pornography at a very young age. I think I was like, what, 11, 12 years old or maybe 10. So once that door was open, I started to look into more into pornography and to out of the normal because that's that's how it is. You know, it's like, oh, it's like all glitz and glamour. I, I would, um, I started to believe the lies of the enemy, you know, I started to believe that I was gay when I was in high school. That's when I just fully rebelled against my parents, against the church, against anyone that would stand against me. And I had friends in high school that were gay as well. And so it depends on who you hang around with. It depends on who you bring into your life. When you know when you plant a seed and you try to do something good in your life, but you're always surrounded by bad people, that's going to cover you up. They're kind of like uh, the weeds. They're going to kill you, like kill kill your, your, not your energy, but what God has given you. So that's how I felt. You know, the enemy tries to attack you at a very young age. I went through high school. I graduated early. I was in 10th grade. I had told my parents about the relationship that I had because I jumped into a relationship. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do with my life, you know? And that led me into exploring fashion photography. Fashion photography was one of the most uncommon at that time. It was very uncommon. Only certain photographers could photograph certain people and they had their own agency because right now the fashion world is 
based off of the agencies that they have and that and you had to work to them. You know, you had to show off your work in order for them to hire you. I loved fashion photography, you know, and I slowly started to, to do hair and makeup because I wanted to create the images that I would see in the magazines and Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do this myself and just hope for the best. So I did it. I did it right. I did it, you know, I mean, it was a little wonky at first, but you know, I had that passion, you know, and that's what the enemy had done to me, you know, like he, he started to, sh to put uh, little things in here and there to get, grab my attention. And I loved it, but I loved makeup. Something about creating a face was very intriguing to me. And I looked into it and I, I went to a masterclass master classes all around. I went to California, to New York. I had some here in Texas. That's how where my creativity started because I always knew that I was a creative person, but I didn't know what to do from it. I fell into makeup world and I wanted to originally move to New York, which I uh, made a best friend in New York. Her name is Rena. I met her at a master class, Makeup by Mario. She's a good person, you know. We're still friends now, and uh, nowadays we still conversate with each other. She showed God's love, you know, like she showed me God's love. She didn't know me. We didn't know each other, but she still opened her her house for me, you know. And God does that. He opens doors, you know. But it depends on us on how we approach it. She opened her, her house. I got another call from California and I got on that call and I spoke to two other friends of mine. They called me, they said, hey, we would like for you to move to California to do our makeup because they were on a show, on a reality show. And I was like, what? You called me like, okay. like." yeah i would totally take that opportunity like and i have to live there for free of course i was questioning myself because i didn't know how i was going to live in california or in la but i had a passion for it and it was new to me like this world was new to me like everything was eye-catching it was eye-catching uh, for you you know and i was like okay i'm going to fly to california i was in new york at the time i was there for like what two weeks so I flew to Texas and I stayed there for a week. I didn't tell anyone. I did not tell anyone. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell anyone. I packed up all my things up in a suitcase. I had $400 in my pocket and I had a passion and I took it. I took that flight to California and I lived there. I, I stayed there, you know, and I remember blasting in my ear Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. And I was like, oh, this this song sounds like it's my life right now. You know, like it's my life. But I was listening to it. And when I landed in California, I felt like I was free. I was like, be able to be free, free from constant, you know, my parents always try to guide me in the right direction because they're trying to not they're just trying to guide me in the right direction of the Lord. You know, they were trying to guide me straight forward. And I wanted to like wander away and like 
you know, get away from God, you know, and they always brought, they said, like, look, the homosexual lifestyle is not the life that you have to live, you know, like there's other things, but you know, the devil throws a kind of like a blindfold over you and he doesn't let you see what they say, you know, like he doesn't let you feel what they feel. But I left with my, my, my little passion. And when I was in LA, uh, it was kind of a struggle at first. I lived next to a bar, so it was easily accessible for me to just go. I had I had never drank in my life. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to this bar and try out drinking and see how what happens. And I loved it. I loved drinking. But that's how the, the enemy throws, like I'm, I'm telling you, the enemy throws darts at you. And maybe you don't see it right then and there. But if you fall for it and you, he wants you to be hooked onto the addiction. So that's what he did to me. He started to throw these things at me to see how I would react to it. I fell for it. I was having fun. I wasn't making much money. I had $400 in my pocket. That was like around, I would make like $500 uh, every two weeks. That's like nothing. I started to sleep around. I was very young. I just was exploring this gay side that I had never explored. You know, I was starting to live the life that I wanted to live freely. So over the years, what I've learned, our life is valuable. Every point that we have in our life, it's valuable because once we die, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. So I explored LA. I explored like everything was so grab catching, you know? I was like, oh, I love this city. I love this uh, city. You know, I was traveling. You know, I went to Cancun. That was the first trip that I went to Cancun to film this reality show. And everything seemed nicely, you know, but I fell into smoking weed. And there was times where I would like the feeling. I loved the feeling. I loved the feeling of being not in control. You know, when you're like smoking a joint and you feel like you feel everything slow and you get to re-examine everything, you know? Well, that's what he does. And uh, I started drinking, smoking weed. I went to many hot spots in LA and I wanna talk about my first experience with the Lord. So I had moved out from my apartment and that was by the grace of God. We stayed in downtown LA. It was like a jungle out there. Downtown LA has a whole nother perspective. You know, it was very tough, but it wasn't tough as it is now. And me and another friend, we went to apartment complex and that's where we wanted to stay for six months. Because after I moved out from the house where my two friends hosted me, or not hosted me, but like kind of had me, they went and they went out to go to their two other apartments that they lived in. So my friend had been working behind my back. He wasn't going to tell me that he was going to, to move out. So I found out that he was moving out on the day where he was gonna leave. And I had like, what, like 500, 600 bucks. It was kind of pricey back in the day, you know? It was still 
and it's pricey now. And I remembered I was in a relationship as well with the same sex. They both left me and I started crying because there was nothing left in the room. And I remember just crying and crying and crying. And I was like, Lord, please help me. Please help me, Lord. I was like, I want your help, Lord. And I just cried, cried to him, do something. And so the next day I receive an email because I was trying to find the money I was trying to find the money that I, I needed to have in order to move out from this apartment. And I think it was like two days, three days left of me at that apartment. And the next day I received an email of a wedding and that wedding, that wedding offered to pay me $5,000. I was like, glory to you, Lord. I was like, wow, I can't believe Thank you, Lord. You know, I was so excited. I was like, oh, I have this money. But what happened? I moved out of my apartment. I bought another apartment. I bought all the things that I needed. And I just give glory to God because even though that we are living in sin, we can still hear him. We can still want him. You know, I was in the world like I was doing gay acts and God heard me. You know, that's how God is close to the people because he loves the people, but he hates the sin. He loves the people. But I just forgot about it afterwards. After he had done that miracle that only God does, I forgot about it and I continued my life. I fell into the drag queen world. That is a per, uh, to see how I would look as a girl. And I explored more of myself. I would go out to parties. I would go out to hot spots. I would go to celebrity parties. I would, I would just do everything and I would make a little more money. One thing that I want to talk about is I went to a party and it was on 4th of July. And in that party, I went to a Black Eyed Peas, kind of like a, not like a cookout, but a hangout in Venice Beach. And we were having, you know, we were celebrating the 4th of July. And my friend had offered me a little piece of paper like this, like a little paper like this. And he said, well, if you take it, you're going to feel something. And I was like, no, you're kidding. You're not, I'm not going to feel anything. I swallowed it. <laughs> I grabbed no shoes, no nothing, Jesus. I swallowed it. But what he had said, it's true. So we got in the car and we started to drive down. I think it was like an hour away from Hollywood. And we started vibing with the music. Apple had his, I guess he controlled the music. And, you know, you could picture all the images that would, would show up in your mind. Kind of like a hallucination. And that's what I would see. And all my other friends were on, I guess, some other either weed or drinking or they were, um, I think it's LSD. But we were trying to go to Hollywood to go to a club. But I guess the clubs hadn't opened. He directed us to go back to his apartment. So we went back to his apartment. And when I came off of that car, I felt a dark spirit of energy. I don't know how to pronounce it or how to say it, but I felt it was a dark place to be. His house was a dark place. And I was kind of scared, you know, because I never been in that situation. I've never been in a, in a bad environment. But, you know, we, I was with a group of friends, like five of them. So I guess we just went inside his home. And instantly the first, what I thought is, you know, when the Illuminati's 
want to their rituals for the devil they kill people but they steal people from it can be kids it can be adults you know all for the to get more fame to get to build their way up to get more money that's what i felt was that we were there as a group and that they were slowly trying to reel in the people and inside of that room were trippy art it was very trippy art and they started to play music and i felt like we were dancing but we were dancing under the enemy like the enemy controlled the music you know it was at, it was one of the black eyed peas people that were playing the music but that's how i felt and we would just dance and then when the music would stop we would stop doing we would stop dancing and then i'm like oh, are, do you feel normal like do you feel okay because we also smoked weed as well. I was kind of like uneasy. I asked my friend, do you feel like, like, what do you feel? Because I was eager to know how they felt because I was feeling very scared. It just got to the point where I wanted to, I didn't even look for my shoes. I forgot I took off my shoes. <laughs> I took off my shoes and I was like, I don't, I don't care to find my shoes. I just want to get out of here. So I left. I was trying to find the exit, the door, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, you know, when you're that fear, you get so scared and you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. I, I, just like, I, I tried to find other places. Like, so I ran, I found the door, opened it. I ran, I hid under the car, under the car. I was so scared. I got in an Uber and I went home. And this is how the enemy attacks. The enemy is very, no, I wouldn't say smart, but he's very dumb. So when I got into my apartment, I saw a blob of darkness, of darkness following me with red eyes. And I was so scared. I was like, I'm like, that needs to go. And I just kept on like crying, crying. Well, not crying, but like very scared because I didn't know that there was a spirit that was following me that was looking at me the next day you know it all blurred out you know the next day there was nothing there but I still felt the, the feeling of it I still felt it and I was like I don't want to ever feel that again but I uh, continue to follow my life there was many people that I met celebrity people that you know, I used to do Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, Kris Jenner, Khloe Kardashian, Paris Hilton, Victoria's Secret models. I did everyone in LA. And I just want to show you because I deleted other photos, but I didn't want to delete these because I want you to see how God transformed my life from that life that I used to have. There was many other celebrities that I worked with. I always wondered why I couldn't create a relationship with them. A relationship because I wanted to be someone's makeup artist that they would trust, you know, and I didn't know I would just do them once and I wouldn't hear them again after. And my parents had been praying. My parents had been praying because God hears his, the prayers, you know, and he would, I would just do them and then I wouldn't hear them again. And I was always que questioning is there something in me that they don't see? Because I was a talented makeup artist. I was a, I used to change people's faces. <laughs> I used to like do wonders on people's faces. And I'm like, I wonder why, why do not, 
why do they not connect with my makeup? And it's because God listens to my parents and my sister's prayers. You know, he didn't want me to be involved with them. He didn't want me to be in their path because they have a demonic spirit they pray about. You know, like that is a demonic spirit in LA. I prayed for LA because, you know, so many things are going to come to light. All the things that they do in the darkness will come to light because nothing hides God's eye. And so stay tuned because that those things are going to come out. <laughs> and it's already coming out. It's already coming out, you know. But anyways, back to I used to work for celebrities and it was a very complicated situation you know like I used to live a life that I didn't I, I used to have more sex I used to have more more of everything and it was like a void in my heart I was trying to find something every time that I would have sexual relations with people I always hoped that they loved me for me and you know I always hoped for that but they couldn't because two men there's no there's not that love that pure love that god offers i still continue to find other relationships you know there man my life has been a learning experience i don't want to go back to that life that i used to have nor do i want to be that man that i was because i was an uncontrollable man and i was jumping apartments so each year that would pass by, I would jump to another apartment, to another apartment, into another apartment. There was this one experience where I had stayed with two friends. They were girls and they decided to go either to a club or whatever. And I stayed at home and I started smoking hella weed. You know, that was the only thing that I could do, you know, that would try to that void that was in me. I tried to cover it up, tried to like patch it up. And I just remember laying in bed and I felt that there was another spirit over that bed. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Like I have a, when God is telling you there is a bad spirit there and you're not paying attention and you like, oh, okay, I'm going to lay down. It's for a reason. God tells you, you know, it's for a reason. I remember laying in that bed and I just remember looking at that ceiling and instantly I felt like my body was levitating. It wanted to, my eyes were very close to my roof. That's how the demonic spirit does. He, I don't know how, but I remember he blocked me from speaking. He blocked me from uh, saying kind of like he put his hand over my, my mouth. So I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and I couldn't say, but I thought it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Instantly I fell down. I fell down and I felt what just happened to me? What just happened to me? And I kind of like just got scared because I remembered of the other time that I had with the demonic spirit. I felt like, and I told my friends about it and I guess they weren't like really believing me, but you know, I got to a point where I didn't want to be, I was receiving like $11,000 monthly, $12,000. And I was like, no, I want to take it to the next level. So I fell into a Netflix series of The Secret. And don't ever watch that because I'm telling you, don't ever watch that. Watch it because that's like calling demonic spirits to be in you. Ta only talking about this to let you know what that has. I started to manifest the devil. So I was like, okay, well, he's already showed me 
once or twice or three times, you know, like might as well might ask for it. And I was like, okay, I want to work with this person. I need to work with this. I need to have this. I need to have that, you know, all the materials of the world I want to have. And I had a, a board, a vision board of what the things that I wanted to do, that I card, a money, I wanted a house, I wanted to work with all the celebrities, I want my name to be plastered on all the, on the Vogue magazine, Harper's Bazaar magazine, and all these other things. And I started to see things happen. I wanted to see things happen. So I completed most of my vision board, but I was still unhappy. You know, there was many times where I, I was good at bringing people together. I was kind of like the glue <laughs> of uniting people together. I was like, okay, like as friendship, you know, like I was like, okay, you and you, we should all hang out, we, you know, start friendship. And that's how I was in the world, you know, like I, I used to bring people together because I always felt like they were having their own individual problems. You know, we, I guess that we, we talk about it, you know, uh, it would help us but it actually just tears us apart. I had a friend, I don't want to say his name, that I wholeheartedly, he had been through so many situations in my life. He was like my best friend, my best, 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 best friend who had been there with me. And I trusted him. You know, that was the only person that I had that I could open up to and just speak about my problems, you know? And so he knew so much about me and I didn't know much about him. And so I started to believe because he offered, you know, you should look at the secret. And I, I started watching it. And we both started manifesting these things that we wanted, you know. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't need God's help. I don't need your help. I'm going to come out as a gay person. I'm going to be proud of myself. That was like, I don't care what God says. I don't care what God thinks. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I'm going to do me and I'm going to do me. That day, God's coverage had been taken away from me. God's coverage had been taken away from me. Three months later, I was in Miami. I went to New York to a music video that I was working on for a celebrity and a, a kind of like a rapper and a music video, whatever. So I flew af after New York and I went to Miami. I'm not going to mention their name with a group of uh, people that I'm hung out with because I actually thought that they were my true friends. But you know, when a true friend, like just, they love you entirely you for you. And you know, that's what the thinking that I had in my head is that they loved me for me, you know, because there are also gay, other gay people that I surrounded myself with. One thing about Miami was I was having a dinner with a, a Brazilian uh, singer. I'm not sure if you, you know who I'm speaking about, but I remember having dinner with a Brazilian uh, person, celebrity with, it was like a, just a group of people that we were having dinner with. And they went out to record other music afterwards. So we stayed in the club. So we went to the club and we were starting to drink. For some reason, I wasn't drinking that much. You know, I would just take two shots, not, not shots, but my tolerance for alcohol has been high. So I would just sip on some drinks, you know, but I still knew what was going on. I thought things were gonna, we were gonna have fun because that's what 
the perspective that I had that, oh, we're going to have fun. We're finally, after so many years, we haven't been able to have fun together. So I'm, I'm very excited for this. And after we left the club, they decided to go to a party and they were just following because they had met a guy and it was a little group of friends, whatever. So I guess we were all just together. So I guess I wanted to go in an Uber to that party. I just wanted to jump into a car in an Uber so they could take me to that party, you know, because I was going to be there either way, which I should have done it. You know, I should have followed God's direction. But what did I do? I listened to the enemy. So we got on a golf cart and I remember just, it was for seven people and there was nine people of, not nine people of us, you know, so we were out of room. And so we were kind of like on the outside of the car, of the golf cart. So we didn't have a seat. We were just kind of like the danglings of the car. <laughs> the danglings of the, I don't know how to say it. Uh, I'm, I just tried to... We were on the outside of the car and we, I remember being on top of the golf cart as well. So we had to be like, I was kind of like a little scared because I, I didn't have anything to grab onto except the edge of the car. And I remember just feeling like, okay, I should sit down or try to find a little room to sit down or whatever. So I sat down and my best friend that I took care of, you know, I financially helped him. I always, I did the best for him. He was the one that was being very, very, very drunk, you know, because if he takes one, one shot or two shots, he's already gone. I just remember just being on the edge of the car or not on the edge, but like sitting on the edge of the golf cart. I just remember sitting on one leg because that's what we could fit. I was on the edge of the car and I felt a, like someone had yanked me. And when that yanking, I felt when that happened, I fell down and I cracked my head on the floor. I hit, when I fell, I felt like this, like hard on the floor and I blacked out. With this podcast, I also want to make sure that everyone listening hears the gospel. So if you're listening and you've heard the gospel, but you're not really sure what it means, you've grown up in church and you've heard it preached, but the words kind of just go in one ear and out the other, and you haven't really experienced a true change or have a heart for Jesus. So I want to give you a summary of what the gospel is. The gospel means good news. And yeah, it is definitely good news, and here's why. God created man in his image. He made us to worship and to be in full relationship with him. Everything he created was good. And then man sinned by disobeying God's command when Eve ate that fruit in Eden. Basically, they thought that they knew best and that they could figure out the rules for themselves and they could take it from here. If you have small children, do you notice how they disobey at such a young age? No one teaches them that. This rebellion is a part of that fall from Adam and Eve and it's basically a curse and God created us to have free will so unfortunately this is what they chose because God is so glorious 
perfect and just, he cannot have a full relationship with a sinner as he intended. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So hang on to this for a minute. I'm going to take you through why the Bible is so important and why it's the living word of God. Throughout the Old Testament, you will find that man is constantly sinning. God gave them rules and the Ten Commandments to live by. One of the ways they atoned for sins was to sacrifice a spotless lamb, but of course they would sin again and have to do this over and over again. God made sure that his commandments and rules would be followed by the Jewish people over time, and he preserved his words in the Jewish Torah over thousands of years. A few hundred years before Christ came, he let the prophets of the Old Testament know what he was going to do about the sin problem. They stated that God would send his son to save the world, and this was also preserved through time. Now, when Jesus came, there were many Jewish people that did not like what he was teaching. The religious leaders of this time, they did not have a heart for what he was trying to do. A lot of the people misinterpreted the prophet's message that the Messiah would free the Jewish people from oppression, and specifically at that time, the Roman Empire that was ruling over them. But that was not God's plan. His plan was for a Jew and non-Jewish people, also known as Gentiles, to be saved and to be a part of his kingdom. When Jesus was crucified, his last words before dismissing his spirit were, it is finished, meaning that he was fulfilling the prophecy that he would die. He would be the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, to take on God's wrath for sin for everyone that believes in him. He was fully God and fully man. He was always there throughout time. Basically, he took the punishment that we all deserve. Now, we have all sinned. Every single one of us. Nobody is perfect. Even as young children, we lie, we dishonor our parents, and that is still a sin in God's eyes. No one is exempt here. God took it upon himself to solve that problem, to let us be in a full relationship with him, and when we are in a full relationship with him, the gifts that he gives with that are so amazing. One of the things that Jesus said before he descended into heaven was that I am going to send a friend to you as promised. That friend is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a third person in the Trinity. He is there to remind us that we are never alone. He dwells within us. He guides us. He protects us. He gives us peace when we dwell with him. And if you look up the fruit of the Spirit, that will help you understand what he does. Most of the world has heard John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. We're all sinners. God solved that problem by sending Jesus, and he requires us to trust and believe that he is the Messiah, and to make it known to others, and to walk with him for the rest of our days. And I promise he will never fail you. We also must turn from our sin, or in other words, repent. We walk differently than how we were before knowing Christ, and these these testimonies should show how amazing and freeing his grace is. One of the most beautiful things that I'm learning is that God's promise for full redemption of all creation. He promises that all believers will live with him as first intended in Eden. He will wipe away all sin forever, no more tears, a new heaven and a new earth forever. And you can find this in Revelation 21. I hope this helps make sense of what the gospel is. 
I encourage you to read the New Testament. Maybe use the Bible app if you don't have a physical Bible. But there are tons of resources there to help you understand. Please get in the Word. There are a lot of Christians out there that are self-proclaiming that they have not read the Bible. I was one of them. I never touched it. I didn't get it. Now I cannot get enough of it. Another thing that is so important to realize is that you cannot gain salvation by doing good works. We cannot earn our way to heaven. The reasons why Christians do good things is because we are saved, not to be saved. So if you're stuck in that thought that you have to constantly redeem yourself, Jesus died for that. He is the one that did it. So because you're saved, you want to do good things, not the other way around. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Jesus also simplified things for us. Because there were so many rules, actually over 600 rules in the Jewish Torah, he simplified it with this. All of the commands are so simple. Love your Lord your God. Love other people as you do yourself. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope this encouraged you to get in your Bible. If you have not read it in a while, reach out to a church maybe and get plugged in. It is so important to walk with others in this journey. We are not meant to be alone in our walk with Christ. I also want to leave you on this note. When you're reading the Bible, think of this. The entire Bible from start to finish is about Jesus. Read it with that perspective and I promise it will change your life. Psalms 105.1 says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. I hope that these stories resonated with you. There is such a beautiful power in what Jesus can do in our lives. If you would like to share your testimony, you can email me at tellyourtestimonypod at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at tell me your testimony pod and reach out there. If you enjoyed today's podcast, all I ask is that you consider leaving a review as it helps the show get recommended to more people. And of course, I appreciate you sharing it with your friends as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll be back to share more testimonies next week. God bless.